Welcome to the Needham Say More podcast. I think we're going to call this season two, episode one. Uh, I'm Aaron Pressman. And I am Doug Fox. We're very happy to be back after our hiatus. After our hiatus, but town meeting is ramping up for the fall town meeting very shortly. And so Doug and I thought there were kind of some interesting items to discuss. We'll discuss today, we're going to discuss uh, what's happening over in Needham Heights with the old Carter factory. Uh, but first, I think we have a piece of uh, podcast follow-up, a major development uh, for one of our episodes last year. Yeah, so we did a uh, we did a podcast last year on the Netflix Dirty Money episode that featured an incident in Needham uh, that was absolutely absolutely horrifying. Um, and there has now been a defamation lawsuit filed by attorneys who were mentioned in the Netflix series against Netflix and the producers um, for significant damages. Uh, for damaging their their reputation, which yes, you know, it definitely did. Um, and we're very happy that our podcast was not included in that defamation lawsuit. But we did say <laughs> throughout our podcast that uh, there's two sides to every story. We don't have the other side of the story. So this defamation lawsuit will definitely get that side out. I will also say that just because there is a defamation lawsuit doesn't necessarily 100% mean that what was in the production uh, wasn't true. Because, you know, lawyers especially use defamation lawsuits you know, for punishment and to make money. So who knows, but whatever it is, that's an ongoing story that we'll see how that shakes out. Well, I'll just say in my experience, um, a defamation lawsuit against a big company like Netflix probably wouldn't go forward unless the person thought there was something, you know, I'm not saying they're going to win or lose, but there's probably some real issues here as opposed to um, one of those more, uh, you know, way out there kind of uh, silly, frivolous lawsuits because you wouldn't sue Netflix. You know, if they just sued like that Boston broadsheet, I might be nervous that it was a weird lawsuit. But this Netflix has a lot. Netflix is going to have really good lawyers, so they're you know this will be interesting. We'll, and we'll we'll keep on it. We'll follow up with development. Yeah, I mean, it's a, the big companies sometimes settle just because they don't. The reputational risk is much greater than than uh, what it would cost to pay someone off. So you know, that the a lot of these sometimes are. Settled with money without anyone admitting any fault, which, you know, is sadly how they they end up. All right. But so um, our main topic today is what's happening, as I said, over in Needham Heights, the Carter Mill building, which that site started to be a factory over 100 years ago, 1865, over, that's like 150 years ago. Um, Beautiful building. Yeah. And that was like. But it was one of the original Carter factories of the Carter company that, you know, at some point got bought out and moved out of our area. But it was one of the original. I think it's until 1990, it operated as a factory and making like some really good underwear and stuff over there, (laughs) Uh, which Carter still makes, but not obviously not in Needham, probably not the lowest cost uh, place to have a underwear factory. Um, so then for a long time, and it's like since all of I've lived in Needham, it was um, an assisted living, like a nursing home. Yeah, primarily nursing. It did have assisted living, too. It was, um, what was the total? A uh, 142-bed nursing home, 60 assisted living, and there was also a good chunk of office space over on the West Street side. had a bunch of uh, medical specialists. And so... Um, as if you, if you follow that industry at all, you know, nursing homes have been under a lot of financial stress. So that closed, that facility closed uh, like two or three years ago now. Yeah. And it's been vacant a while. And for a while, it was, whoever owned it was not taking very good care of it. I think someone must have spoken to them because they did clean up the shrubs and stuff in front, you know, but it, was, it looked like they could have filled a Walking Dead episode there for a while. You know, it's like one of those, one of those senior things they go into to get supplies. 
And it's, an, it's also, I think, you know, it's an economic issue for the neighborhood in that you used to have a lot of workers there, you know, eating lunch and probably doing shopping at CVS or Trader Joe's and whatnot, and uh, at the little restaurants that are in Needham Heights. Yeah, it's uh, a big hole. And that's a big hole. And, you know, before, that was before even COVID. So uh, there is now a proposal to uh, put something there, which we'll discuss, uh, but it would require... Uh, at least as the proposal is currently formulated, it would require a zoning change. So it's before town meeting this year uh, at our October 4th town meeting. Um, I, my first issue, Doug, or that I, the first piece I wanna discuss about it before we even get to the details is, you know, the main town meeting is in the spring. It lasts many days. And then this is sort of the fall town meeting is sort of like a fill-in segment when we, you know, adjust the budget and stuff. And some people don't like, some, some town meeting members complain about uh, bringing large complicated zoning matters to the fall town meeting to be honest like for me i don't have a problem with it and you know there's yeah. not that much business i don't know do you do you feel like it's okay it's, to it's a, it feels it feels light and actually i thought the fall town meeting was going to be much bigger this year because they slimmed down our annual town meeting um i'm actually impressed at how light it is um so i have no problem with it but i feel like they've brought some big zoning stuff in the fall a few times right it seems oh, like they, it there's been yeah, some they big have, stuff yeah, they have. And then there's some, yeah. there's some people who oppose it just saying like, it's not the yeah. appropriate time. Um, I, you know, I feel like, you know, we, economic development is really important and I don't have any problem, you know, uh, reading a deeper proposal for the fall. Yeah. And if it's the right thing, right. I mean, it's a, you know, waiting six months, you know, timing can be a lot in development. So you can miss a window. So I, I'm fine. You know, I, I've disagreed with a lot of the zoning proposals that have come through, you know, but you know, but for but other me, reasons. If it's, yeah, but if it was the right thing for the town, I have no problem doing it. Right. At all, so. Okay, so the proposal here is um, basically, where is this proposal? Uh, oh, no, I, I got it. They're okay. going to preserve the current building. There's going to be 155 total apartments, 72 which are independent living. And just, just from an economic development standpoint, the independent living, which did not exist in the old Avery, those are people that are going out and doing shopping and doing everything, you know, free to go everywhere. And my mom's in one of those facilities called Waterstone in Wellesley. And that's going to be a boon for the area because my, they tend to be, you know, pretty costly, you know, so people pay a lot of money to go in. And these are people with a lot of di disposable income and, you know, can be, can be great for the area. Additionally, uh, 12 and a half percent or nine of those are going to be affordable. So it actually helps our affordable stock a little bit. Uh, and then there'll be 55 assisted living and 28 memory care. And one of the wonderful things about that type of setup, which they're trying to build more and more of, of independent assisted and, and, and memory care, is it fills the whole uh, continuum of care. So someone can go into independent and they have all their friends and when they need more care, they can move into assist. North Hill is that way. North Hill was built that way a long, long time ago, but that's, you know, that is sort of where a lot of the development is going. Uh, no longer gonna have any office space. Um, it's gonna take up the exact same footprint of the current building, same facade and whatnot. But there is a height increase that they're adding. Uh, the current is 34 feet in height with the mechanical. So like the elevator and stuff going to 41 and the new for 35% of the roof, because they're adding some new rooftop apartments, is going to go up to 44 feet. And the elevator to reach those units is going up to 49, so five feet higher above that. Uh, although those units are set back from Highland Avenue, they're on the, uh, the railroad track side. And even from West Street, they're down towards the, I don't know, that's Southern, but further from West Street too. So they, they, you know, at least in the renderings, 
they're not that visible. Uh, they do show in, and they did a uh, very fairly did an elevated view, so you can see, you know, this additional height on top. Um, I mean, one thing I don't have the answer to, I, I don't know what that compares to other, you know, similar, like, how does that compare to Wingate? How does that compare to other, um, you know, items that we have? But personally, I, I haven't heard a lot of people complaining about that impact. Um, they're talking about doing small ground floor patios on Highland Ave, which I think is kind of interesting. I think that's a nice, and you know, that could open up. That side of it has always been kind of closed off, like secure. You can't even go in that side. You can only go in the other side. So to have access there, I think is is kind of nice and opens up the building to the to the area um, um, to the you know the area shopping. Uh, they're going to have an indoor pool. They're going to have a gym, a theater, meeting rooms, roof deck, outdoor garden a golf simulator, a bocce court, complimentary transportation. Like, I, I, I'm ready to move there tomorrow. Not that, I'm, not that I'm the right age to do this. Well, you only have to be 55 and over, sir. So you're getting there. Do you? Even for, for the independent? Yeah. yeah so that's, 55 and over for the independent. Okay. So get those kids out reach. of the house and you can get over there. I don't know. If it costs what Waterstone costs for my mom, it, it would still be out of my reach when I'm 55. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but just the walking distance for those seniors to be able to walk to all those height stores, Trader Joe's, CVS, Starbucks, you know, uh, Cafe Fresh. Uh, you have uh, the senior center. You got the train station. You got the post office. I mean, that's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a nice setup. Nice setup. You know, assuming we're okay with, you know, the impact to that area, you know, which we can talk about the analysis they've done there. Well, I think, what, you know, one thing is that a lot of people in town have been seeking uh, elder housing as a great solution or a great addition to the town that um, lets people stay in the community where they want to stay, but they don't have to keep their house, which maybe is, you know, getting too big or unnecessary for them. So this is a great boon to help people stay in town who, you know, yeah. they want to get rid of their house. The other and, and to have it close to town too, where like, you know, North Hill is a gorgeous facility, but you people in North Hill, they're not going to walk to town from there where it's, it is nice to be able to have that access where you can walk to the grocery store and whatnot, you know, at that age. Definitely. And so, you know, they did one of the analyses that was done was um, how much taxes will be paid versus the services that will be needed. And obviously, in this case, there's no um, school services, which are sort of the most expensive. So, you know, the estimate is like, a, bo a boost of 470,000 in taxes and a boost of 160,000 in expenses, uh, something around those numbers, I think. So, yeah, so, so net 390 between the two. Right. Uh, so it's like almost $400,000 net in ta yeah. new taxes after the services yeah. and the services are like, um, you know, fi uh, fire, police, uh, health department, stuff like that. So that's an also a boon to town in that, you know, it's an additional yeah. revenue. And, and beyond that, I mean, to me, that's the of the exact of the building, you know, the property taxes and whatnot. They're estimating three million spent on local goods and services coming out of that um, and adding 87 full time jobs there, too, which also, you know, lifts the economy because some of those people may want to live in Needham or live closer or or whatnot. Um, and I mean, the, the first question I had when when, you know, when it was happening was, you know, are they adding units? What's it going to do to traffic? What's it going to do to all that? Um, and, you know, I mean, there's not that much difference in the number of units. I mean, if you think of in the old, it was uh, 202 between the nursing home and the assisted living. And now we're actually going down to 155. So they're larger units. You're removing the office space, which creates a lot of traffic. So the traffic study actually showed significantly fewer car trips. 
than the previous I, use. Obviously not right. the usage right now where the, right. <laughs> there's no traffic coming in. But the traffic study I need to dig into a little more because the main yeah. point of the traffic study that was done, that was commissioned and paid for by the proponents is that yeah. um, there's a lot fewer workers needed for this type of, you know, independent living people don't have workers coming the independent, to care for yeah. them, versus nursing. The, the nursing home yeah. had a lot of workers. But to yeah. me, the, the, the flip side of that is uh, the zoning requires one parking space per apartment for the independent living. And so... Yeah. You know, obviously, nursing home residents are not driving themselves, whereas independent living residents probably all do have a car. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that concerned me a little that there's going to maybe those people aren't going in and out as much as uh, as the workers are. But it's uh, I'm not sure I'm totally on board with this traffic study. And that's a terrible part of town. I don't know whether they can. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at the parking and the, the parking will have 149 total spaces, which if you think. For 72 independent living, some of which might be couples with two cars, that does create some issues there. Uh, and previously, there were 193 total spaces. So they went from 193 to 149 spaces with whatever they're doing. Um, you know, and that's a whole, the, the roads there are just terrible where West Street and, uh, you know, Hillside Ave and... Um, yeah, that's that's the really bad out. intersection. I mean, that to me, that intersection needs a light. That's that's the problem there. Of the you talk about hillside, yeah, right. I mean, that is just there's it's just awful accidents all the time there. So that's you know I I don't find the intersection of the heights all that bad. You know, I'm sure I'm sure it faults up during rush hour. I mean, one of the one of the positives of senior living complexes is their traffic is not as tuned to the rush hour times as oh, good point. you know yeah. non-senior housing right where right. people are more likely to be in nine to five jobs not that <laughs> not, or you know probably more like seven to seven to eight or seven to nine for most of us but whatever you don't you don't get that the really big pockets of traffic coming in and out of during those hours because they're more likely to work around those the other thing which, the other thing which is you know we have to be careful about um we can't use zoning to make our dreams come true. To me, one thing about Needham Heights that's a little bit of a bummer is that building has just a really long facade. You alluded to this, a long facade along Highland Ave um, that is just sort of like a wall. It's like the Berlin Wall of Needham Heights. Yeah. Like just, there's, no, you know, there's no life towards the street. It's all inside and it's all sort of brick and closed windows and stuff. Now, this idea that there are going to be patios on that side is intriguing to me. And yeah. that sounds a little bit like it could be delightful, you know, if people have patios and they have plants and, you yeah. know, um, cute lights and stuff <laughs> on them. Or you could have someone like my dad who would, you had know, hoarder, would have piled up all his stuff in his patio. <laughs> <laughs> it works both ways. It works both ways. So, you know, in my, in my dream scenario, like, there's like, a coffee shop and uh, a dry cleaner and something else on that first floor. On that first floor. Facing yeah. you. But that's clearly not in the cards and probably there's probably like a million reasons why that's a bad idea and can't be done in the building and blah, blah, blah. So that, that would be my dream. So I, I feel like yeah. this patio idea is at least recognizing the fact that, um, you know, maybe there could be some enhancement on that side of the street because otherwise it's right now it's just sort of a bummer uh, the way you know, one side of this, one side of Highland Ave has all kinds of interesting things going on. Yeah. Not so much. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much need there is currently for retail. You know, I mean, I already, I think we're going to deal with some bait even before we've always, you know, kind of struggled to keep things full. So I don't know 
how much of a need there is versus where there is a real need, you know, as, as so many, uh, the boomers aging and looking for, looking to downsize, you know, is, is more of a need. I, I think, I think the reality is if there was retail on there, you know, we envision, we envision a nice coffee shop, but in reality, we'd have a nail salon, a bank and a consignment shop. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or nothing, or it'd just be empty. <laughs> or empty. Yeah. So. I'm sorry. I, 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 you know, where I'm fond of where my mom is now, like if something like that in the Heights, I think would be really nice. And I bet you all those businesses would be really excited to have those people, you know, going in there all the time, you know, and that's what that's, I, I know that we're in uh, the area of Wellesley where my mom is like, that's the people are always out going to all the shops and stuff. So it, it, it does, does give a nice boost. And we have sort of a dark cloud looming on that business area because we're not really sure what's going to happen to blue on Highland the uh, restaurant there. I don't think they've made a final announcement about what's happening, but people are pretty, pretty pessimistic. And that's sort of a they, key. I mean, they're staying closed all through this. Yeah. yeah. And that's sort of a key, uh, you know, like anchor piece of the life of that neighborhood. You know, they're open for lunch and dinner and they have a bar, which I think is pretty popular. So um, I think this project also then makes that space, you know, us, hopefully Blue on Highland can come back. Yeah. But assuming Blue yep. on Highland cannot come back and we, have to, and we have to hope for a good new tenant, not a bank. Um, who remembers Zaftig's, which was, used to be there and is now a bank. Oh, that place was awesome. Um, Zaftig, I remember, yeah. Yeah, so we're the, yeah, we're the, right across the street from this complex. Yeah. yeah. Um, so hopefully the, the arrival of this complex um, would attract a really good tenant yeah. there, uh, yep. you know, a lively tenant, um, because there's going to be a lot more business, as you said. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you can make the case I mean, if God forbid something happened to Blue, I think there's a need for another restaurant in that spot, you know, especially with this coming in. So, yeah, but it's a, this is a hard time on restaurants right now. So I think there's gonna, there's sadly gonna be some that are gonna go under. I mean, I, and I do think on the other side of it, there will still be a need for restaurants. So, you know, um, you know, hope, hope as many of them can survive as possible. All right, so I think you've got two leaning, two leaning yeses here. Um, yeah, you, you brought up some good questions, though. You know, I mean, that's you know. Well, I'm and I haven't, I haven't, I haven't yet parking, watched right? all the videos and everything yet. I don't know. Yeah, I watched the videos. There wasn't much in there. So if you want to dig into the parking or traffic study or those things, like that would be. Um, it was. I read the. I watched the planning board and the select board, and they were just positive, positive, positive. So there was nothing, no questions in there. I was told in the hearings. I didn't watch the hearings that there wasn't really many people having an issue with it so um, well i think one thing here that's unusual for zoning is this has already been this is very similar to the use that was there before it's not yeah. like when they yeah. try and like totally change you know change the character and um quality of a neighborhood by you know introducing uh, you know what what used to be a tree care service to be a six-story apartment building or something it's not like it's not like that one yeah, I mean, you know, and I think in the parking thing, there's not places to, you know, I guess there's the risk that some of those people might park on the street somewhere near there if they want a second vehicle. I mean, I think it, I think if you're going to move into that independent living, you're probably only going to have one spot. I mean, that's going to be the reality. So I think, you know, people will have to make that choice when they move in. Um, assisted living don't have cars um and memory care of course don't have cars but then of course the, you need visitor spots for people visiting but there there is you know the meters are, the meters right in front of that building tend to be pretty open so oh, yeah. you know i think oh, it's yeah. 
I think I think there's good opportunities beyond their lot for people that want to visit there. So I think for visitor, I don't, yeah, I don't okay. think you have a problem for visitor parking. That that side of the street, those meters are open. You know, yeah. almost every time I drive by there, they're there. All right. Well, that is another issue of Needham Say More. I think uh, we're going to have at least one more. Uh, yeah, we're going to try to get it in before town meeting. But it's you know. Uh, um, Aaron, you know, like school, it's not like school committee's been busy at all, right? Like no, that, no. We, we just that doesn't take up any of your time. We're just sitting around. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us for the first episode of season two of the Needham Say More podcast. I am Doug Fox. And I am Aaron Pressman, and we'll uh, see you next time.